Everybody coming up on the Matt Townsend Show, do you have trouble giving your child some space? You know, it's just because you want them to be successful, right? That's why you you linger over them so long. Or maybe you find yourself overscheduled all the time. Well, today on the show, we're going to be talking about how we knock how to knock our no how we knock our lives out of balance. We're going to get back in balance, and we're going to show you how to get back on track right after the news here with Sam McCall. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM one forty three BYU Radio. The wife of the Boston Marathon bombing suspect who was killed during a shootout with police is in shock over her husband's involvement in the attack. Her lawyer says she is doing everything she can to help with the investigation. The man suspected of sending letters containing ricin to President Obama and a senator has been released from jail on bond today, adding credibility to the claims he may have been framed, his lawyers say, by a former co-worker. The Supreme Court ruled today legal immigrants will not be forced to be will not be deported, excuse me, for possession of small amounts of marijuana. The majority opinion held a small possession conviction does not rise to the level of aggravated felony needed for deportation. U.S. leaders of the Roman Catholic Church are scaling down a legal fight with the White House over legal requirements requiring birth control coverage in insurance plans. An official subpoena has now been withdrawn. Hackers took control of an Associated Press Twitter account earlier today and posted false reports about an explosion at the White House. The fake tweets have now been taken down, but the news briefly sent Wall Street plummeting. In world news, authorities in Israel say the Syrian regime has used chemical weapons multiple times against the opposition fighters and is calling on the international community to take action. Previously, President Obama has stated chemical weapon use would prompt a major U.S. action. The French embassy in Libya was the target of a car bomb early this morning. The explosion wounded two guards and destroyed whole sections of the building. Libyan officials have dubbed the strike a terrorist act. Unrest is also brewing domestically in France. With today's official legalization of same-sex marriage, opponents are organizing large-scale marches and protests. 45,000 marched against the measure today in Paris. That's the news to the top of the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your guide on the side, your relationship coach. Again, we do what we can on this program to give you and your loved ones healthier lives, healthier love in your relationships today. You know, no different. We've got quite the little program for you today. Uh, Incredible guests. Plus, we've really put the gang on notice to pick up their game, and today they've done it. You all are stepping up like crazy. It's all your helicopter parenting that uh, your mom and dad and hey, speaking of helicopter parenting, Sky, is your mom coming by today? Tomorrow. Tomorrow is the day we get to meet your mom again. I mean, meet her publicly, professionally, personally for the first time. Yeah. We've met her on the air. Yep. And then she calls me about once a week to check yeah. in on you. Yep. So tomorrow we get to meet her. Yep. Face is to she, face. Is she excited to come to the show? Uh, I don't know. Well, do you talk to her? Um, yeah, I talk to her sometimes. <clears throat> It's actually been a little while because she's in Salt Lake because okay. I'm trying to do all my finals. And yeah, stuff. you're trying to cram. Yeah. Um, does she, you know, was she a helicopter mother? I don't know what a helicopter mother did is. Did she hover over you to make sure you did everything or else you'd be punished? Um, 
that was my guess of what a helicopter parent was. Was it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. I don't I, uh, get a sense she does that. Too. Yeah, I don't. I mean, no. I guess when I had to clean my room, maybe sometimes. But no, not yeah, at all, no. really. That's not helicopter parenting when you have to clean your room. Okay. I did that this morning with my kids. <laughs> <sighs> it's not helicopter. It's just hygiene. You yeah. got to get them clean, right? Uh, yeah. Stuff can, you know, you can get sick. Yeah. You got to bathe appropriately. Brush your teeth. Brush your teeth. Clean your room. Clean your room. Get the plates out from under your bed. Yeah. Why, are, why are there plates with dried food under your bed? I was eating in my room. Under your bed? No, I just you, put it under there when I was done. You were hiding it. I just didn't want it to be on my bed when I was done eating, so I put it on the ground. And then I didn't want to step on it, so I put it under my bed. And then you never got back to it. Oh, I forgot about it. Okay. That's why I'm here, Sky. Okay. I'm here to make you better. Thanks. And to get your stuff out from under your bed. Helicopter parenting. Are you a helicopter parent when you think about it? Do you, do you, do you let your people go? Do you let your, ch- your children go? Do you let them go? Not your people. Don't let your people go. That's, go that's crazy. <laughs> Ramsey's Moses of you going on right I now. I'm like, I let my people go all the time. I was thinking it's more kind of layoffs hit the family. Let my people go. I'm sorry, but we had to let your little brother go. But you got to let your kids go, right? We learned last uh, yesterday in our show that if we don't let our children go, they may not be as resilient. You got to let them learn, right? But helicoptering, hovering, parenting... And then over-managing and over-scheduling uh, your kids. You are driving them crazy. So on Facebook today, on my Facebook page, just look up Matt Townsend on Facebook. And we're taking your comments there. Some of them have been very funny. Like, we just basically asked, do you, have you noticed? Have you noticed, you know, hovering parenting? Have you even noticed in your, in your spouse, have their parents been kind of these helicopter parents? And we, got, we, had, a, we had a really good comment here. Which is just going to blow your mind because I didn't even know this existed. But my ex-mother-in-law, by the way, just notice the language. Okay, be very clear. My ex-mother-in-law. We're, we're saying there may be a little passion. There's some passion. Maybe a little, you know. And it's exed. Yeah. Uh, is Satan's mistress. And uh, when I let her son go, meaning, <laughs> when I guess when she divorced him, <laughs> let him go. The umbilicus, as if, as if she was holding him captive, yeah, like, and yeah. and and keeping them fr- from his mother. <laughs> yeah. So this is a great line. So when I let her son go, the umbilicus was stretched so taut that I I think he snapped three states away back into utero. That's that's very flowery. <sighs> it's language graphic. There. Very. That's bad. That's some micromanaging right there. Nobody needs, you know. A, nobody needs to still be connected via an umbilicus, right, Skyboy? Yeah, but then you wouldn't have to eat. You just good point. You're just constantly nourished. Way to bring it back day. to food. <laughs> How come you bring every conversation back to food? You too, Bryce. You too, Ro- Robbie. What is the, you're all of you? Why don't the, none of the ladies here bring up food? As it's much. because it's because we do the show at. Three in the afternoon, yeah. and so it's just right at that. It's just dinner time back east. Yeah, that's just. I mean, it's up. three o'clock somewhere, so it's. I know, but Merritt, I've never heard Merritt even mention food. Yep, nope, nothing from her. No, that's fine. Madison, no, except Alfredo. That was her middle name. True, true. Um, okay, here's another one. James says a reminder to helicopter parents and others: they do need a license from the FAA before they can hover. <laughs> Very clever. Just a thought. No, my mom was never a hovering parent. Did you guys have a hovering parent? Mine never. Mine was like, hey, 
You know, if you go on the road, you'll get hit. It hurts. Hurts bad. Break bones, hospitals. My parents were actually like, their goal was to have us be independent. So nothing at all like that. As a result, yeah, we got in a lot of injuries. But, you know, it's all good. (laughs) That's really, I mean, what's the worst thing that could happen? To a little kid wandering. My ki- my parents thought I would learn through life, right? You just learn. No one's going to die. Life will teach you. It'll it will hurt rain. you too, but it'll teach you. <laughs> it'll totally teach you. That's They didn't have seatbelt laws. Seatbelt laws, when I was growing up, was for sissies. Sorry, sorry to talk straight. <laughs> but real men didn't need a seatbelt. You just take the impact. You just you just broke your ribs all over that steering like, wheel. It really blew my mind that now we're as a parent, every kid's locked in now. We lock them in and with like you know eight point restraints. In fact, I was driving someone the other day. They're like, I don't really want to wear my seatbelt. I said, Oh well, I really don't want you going through my windshield. Yeah. I like my windshield. If you so hit put my it windshield, on. I'll kill you. <laughs> uh, Robbie, well, I you... think it's changed just uh, as recently as the late eighties. Yeah, I remember being a little kid and. My uncle came to town, and we went for a ride, and he just folded the seats flat in his forerunner, and off we went. There you go. No you know, seat we didn't, uh, you know, No car seat. Five-year-old, you wouldn't think much well, of it. Well, even the first – like our children, we would put them in car seats, and that was still kind of new, right? I mean that was – the car seat was new, and so it would still move. The car seat had a lot of give. And I, I guess you're not supposed to have a lot of give in your car seat, but it was <laughs> sliding all over the seat. Then we fell more in love with our children, and we protected them more by giving them better seatbelts. And they introduced something I'm so glad didn't exist when I was a kid. What? The booster seat. Ah. The booster. The Boy, booster's when I was bad four because, years old, well, I was sitting in the front passenger yeah. seat with just a seatbelt. Yeah. Now, apparently, because of airbags and booster seats, yeah. that childhood experience Gone. can no longer exist. Right. Well, you can't really get away with it. Until, you know, kids are like seven or eight. Like there's no, an age, it's a, a weight, weight uh-huh. and a height thing. Yeah. So like if you're small for your age, yep. too bad. Um, if you are a really big kid but you're too young, too bad. So there's just no way around it. Well, or if you've got osteopor- what's it called? osteoporosis, bad bones, and you're you, – I mean you could be 80 and not make the criteria, right? You can Good be enough. shrinking and now – sorry, Gramps, got to put you in the booster. <laughs> That's a new market I hadn't thought of. Booster yeah. seats for the elderly. Senior boost. I think that's actually there's, there's a beverage. Actually they drink that. Seriously, a market it's a high for that. fiber beverage, but it's it's interesting because I I look at it and we're getting all these rules. I I literally and and my sisters don't think this is true. I rode in the back window of a car through the desert on the way to California. They called it the penthouse. I guess that explains your tan. Yeah, well, it's not a tan. It's just a major blister. It's now it's now a huge freckle. Just really bad skin damage. But I really did. They'd all sit there, and I'd be up in the thing dehydrating. Be in the little sunroom, hanging Mm -hmm. out in the back of the car. Like, how's the sunroom? I'm like, I saw a dog. I can't feel my tongue. (laughs) I'm so dehydrated. But back then, they didn't care. So they weren't bad parents. And so now we care more. So now we. I guess we just want our kids in every sport now. We want them protected from everything on earth, which is smart, right? And we want to give them all the opportunities, right? So we AP them to death, advanced placement, everything. You know, you, I was lucky to learn to swim. My mom sent me to a place where the guy taught in swimming instruction by throwing you in the pool. Learn by doing. And he's like, fight. Fight to breathe, brother. And I did. And Earn now, that breath. I can't swim a lap, but I can tread water for an hour because I felt the fear. 
It's true. I don't know why you're laughing. I think that's rude. So are parents over-programming uh, their kids? Are you getting in the way? Apparently, because according to some of our Facebook uh, Facebook responses, you are um, – you're, you're getting in trouble. You're creating some problems. And so on the show today, we are going to go through a bunch of Facebook um, examples and stories. We're also going to be interviewing a wonderful guest. Deanne Flynn's going to fill us in on the power of, uh, you know, being a better parent that doesn't have to, you know, hover and be a helicopter parent. Also how to manage our schedules a little bit better. Then uh, we've got just a lot of other stuff. We're, we're also going to be calling in on some Facebook stories of some of our uh, listeners and people that are on Facebook with us that have just got some horror stories of parents that are just a little bit too close. But before we move on, any other stuff we got to cover, Rob? Oh, man, because the story's probably on Facebook. Yeah. Teachers. What? Somebody asked teachers, what's oh. going on in your classroom? Yeah, don't ask teachers. Oh, they'll, boy. They've got too many That's, stories. I'm not kidding. Uh, 10,000 comments. Really? Seriously, 10,455 comments. Ooh. Some of them paragraphs long. Oh, oh what's going on? Of these poor teachers. So, so elementary school class, okay. first day of school, parents walk their kids in Yeah, and find this science seat, and the kid sits in it. Well, this parent comes in holding some kind of meter Oh, no. Ignores the assigned seat and continues to walk around with this meter. And after feeling satisfied, looking at whatever was on this meter, sat the kid in the chair. Turns out it's a Wi-Fi cellular radiation detector. And they wanted oh. to make sure their kid was in the part of the room that had the least amount of Wi-Fi and cellular ra- radiation. Then walks up to the teacher to say, will you please notify the building maintenance people that there's a bit too much radiation in this classroom? Thanks. appreciate it. Can you wrap my son in this tinfoil after lunch? (laughs) We're trying to keep the Wi-Fi radiation off of him. Sad. You don't want his braces catching a signal. (laughs) That's right. We're not going to give him any orthodontia. (laughs) Mess his face up. That's interesting. So there's a parent maybe hovering a bit too much. Hovering around kindergarten. Second grade. Oh, Wow. Another class takes a field trip to the vocational school, the vocational high school. They learn about plumbing, building houses, That's where all the band saws arts. and the table saws yeah. are. That's a scary well, trip. Well, let's point out that a lot of teachers are just kind of like, let's do something fun. Let's go yeah. to where ham- they hammer stuff. And, yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah. Let's just distract these kids for a few where's hours. Where's the drill? I mean, where's the, uh, where's the nail gun? Yeah. That sounds but it like can fun. inspire kids because For they sure. can find out about what it's like to build a I house. I love that. That was my favorite thing. Be a plumber. Be an electrician. Yeah. One parent would not sign the release. I'm not letting my daughter go. No way. My second grade daughter. She is on a predestined path to medical school, and these ideas of plumbing will hijack her educational plans. Keep the ideas away from my daughter. (laughs) My daughter will not be a plumber. 20 years later, she's a urologist. Total plumber. (laughs) Pretty much a plumber doctor. Yeah, totally. I'll guarantee it. See? That would be irony. But you know she's getting paid more. Right. But the sound of helicopters are still overhead the middle school. Yeah. Third grade. Eighth graders are allowed to take a trip to a theme park, but you aren't allowed to go if you're failing any classes. Mm. End of the year comes. One kid's failing in class. Kid's mom calls whining, how come my kid can't go? Well, you know, he's he's failing. Well, that's discriminatory. I'm going to talk with the administration about this. (laughs) Entire field trip shut down for everybody. Nobody got to go. Oh. 
That's sad. You can't discriminate against the failures in the class, I meant. I mean, isn't that kind of the purpose of grades is to let you know when you're failing and not failing? Well, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Was that too too literal? Was that too close to home? That just hit home. I'm sorry. Well, that's sad. So nobody got to go. Yeah. High school. It's interesting, too, that this seemed like a surprise to the woman that her son was failing. Yeah. Just what? My kid never. No, that wouldn't. Well, that's why the education system's in shambles is because denial. Well, yeah, because the teachers think parents know, (laughs) but they don't. As a former public school student, I can say parents rarely have any idea what's going on. Clue what's going on. Well, you have those moments when you go to opening night of your child's play, and you go, "Oh boy, they're not good." (laughs) Yeah, that's not very good. You go to those two, you'll see other parents' kids who who just, you know, they're doing okay. It's a high school production. I'm not going to pick on it. But really, they, they probably could have picked a better lead. But, but the aspiration should stop at high school. Is that what you're saying? Because that's You might kind of let the kid know that they might want to be a plumber. Hey. So what happens if you have an untalented child who you really want to push through anyway? This is a very real possibility for me. Keep going, Rob. <laughs> You get a job as the high school director of musicals. Oh, the boy. drama teacher. Well, that's what they do in and sports all too. You be the four football years, coach. Your daughter is the lead in all the high school musicals. Hmm. Funny, interesting. <laughs> but she gets her comeuppance because eventually it comes time to go to college, and of course, naturally, your daughter's going to have a drama degree. Well, unless you maybe you need to go be a drama professor or a musical professor, Merritt. <sighs> Merit has two parents that are professors. Have you read that yet? Actual story, mom applies for teaching job in the theater department of the school that the girl is planning on attending. Oh, wow. Like like not just just a helicopter parent, like a heat-seeking helicopter parent. Did you hear what she did after that? She was a movie studio executive in um, Los Angeles. Is that how the Transformer Mm -hmm. movies got made? That's exactly. That's exactly. Freshman year of college, different school, different parent. These two girls are roommates. She wakes up to the sound of banging on the door at 7 a.m. Boom, 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 boom. Open the door. Roommate's mom standing there. I heard that you weren't attending your classes. To the roommate. No. Uh, oh, to, to the, the mom. To the, her daughter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Then tears into the roommate. How come you haven't been waking up my daughter and making her attend classes? This is a gross misunderstanding of the roommate relationship. The minimum of the roommate relationship is we live together so that we don't pay as much. That's where it ends. Well, no, 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 no. And don't light anything on fire. Well, okay. We're here to make sure no one burns the place down. No no arson. No arson or other dangerous activities. Give me one more. And finally, a student turns in a research paper. Hmm. It's earlier on. This is middle, middle, middle school. Okay. But it was so obvious. I guess teachers have these neat things where they can take the text of the document and put it in a website, and it can tell if you've plagiarized substantial parts of your paper. And the paper was mostly original, actually fairly well done, but the opening paragraph was ripped straight off Wikipedia. So, Mom, you know, what what does a teacher do? You get get the parent on the phone and say, I need to talk to you about your son. They they turned this uh, project in, and it had substantial plagiarization in it. And the mom was furious. How dare you accuse my son of cheating? And explained, well, it was. We had this website and we could check the site. And we saw that the opening paragraph was plagiarized. 
And there was this kind of small horror in the mom's voice. And she says, well, okay, don't don't blame my kid. It, it's my fault, actually. It's my bad. He's oh. been so busy. I ended up typing the report. And, and he, he wrote the report, but I just got looking at it. It just seemed a little anemic. And so I thought, well, I'm just going to spruce this up a little bit. So I added a little bit. And I guess I probably should have cited that the first paragraph yeah. was some else. Don't, so don't blame my son. Blame me. Oh, man. That's messed up. Thanks, Mom. Do you know how hard it is to get a good grade when you're not pulling your weight? Come on, Mom. Learn, learn, how, to, learn how to bend the rules if you're going to bend them. Helicopter parents, are you one of them? Did any of these uh, little ideas seem a little too close to home for you? Have you ever taken a radiation detector into your kindergarten's uh, class, kindergartner's class, and, and tried to figure out what's going on in there? Okay, we are going to help you with this. How to be a more effective parent, maybe lose some of the control. We're going to give you the tools coming up next right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Red Wine Rover, come on over. How a robotic rover got into the wine business. This is Innovation Now. Bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. At NASA, most rover talk is about Mars or the Moon, or other planets, but rovers have plenty of Earth-bound applications as well. One of the more nouvelle jobs for these guys is found in French wine grape orchards. The vine growers want to suppress weed growth around their vines to keep the plants healthy, but obviously using herbicides is not ideal for several reasons. Conventional mowers would scar up too many vines, even if they could fit in the spaces close to the trunks. Hiring humans to hand-trim the weeds is just not affordable either. Rovers to the rescue! A French company responded with a micro-mowing robot that's 100% solar-powered and can keep an orchard's open ground as trimmed as a putting green. Similar to how a robot vacuum cleaner tidies up in a house, a vine rover stays in an area defined by GPS coordinates and controlled through a smartphone app. The robo-mowers have guards and bumpers to prevent whacking the vines, and they reduce the expense and pollution from conventional mowing or herbicide application. For Innovation Now, I'm Buddy Rubino. À la vertron. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. What are we talking about on Through the Garage Door? Well, just about anything goes. Not anything anything goes, but pretty much anything. Anything that has to do with rock and roll and this good rock and roll and that we love and are passionate about, that's what we're talking about. Catch BYU Radio's look into rock and roll on Through the Garage Door. Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays at 11 p.m. Eastern here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend. Everyone's looking at me like I got a problem, but I don't. Today we're talking about uh, helicopter parenting. And sometimes, you know, we just love our kids so much we want to help them. And then sometimes we don't realize that by helping them, we actually may be making them weaker. That might be called an unintended result. Things don't always go as planned. And when that happens, you are the one that usually ends up taking the blame. Here's a little bit of a rant from our own Bryce Tobin. Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is the Bryce is Right. 
Sometimes we have the best of intentions, but end up with the worst of results. I've got a few examples for you. St. Peter's Basilica was built around the year 320. By 1450, like most things that are over a thousand years old, the basilica was in need of a facelift. One pope got the ball rolling on new designs, but by the time Pope Leo X was in charge, he realized this was going to be a pretty expensive undertaking. So he got with his people and said, hey guys, we need to pay for this. How do you feel about using indulgences to cover the bill? Indulgences had been around for a very long time. They took many forms, but for my purposes, I'm talking about the ones where you pay money for earthly forgiveness. So follow this train of thought. One of the most important buildings in Catholicism was ugly, falling apart, and they didn't want to lose it. But to fix it, they needed some cash. People like forgiveness, and people had lots of money. Indulgences could meet both needs. Seemed like the perfect solution, right? Yeah, but there was this guy Martin Luther who thought the church kind of stepped out of line with the indulgences. He started the Protestant Reformation, which ended up being very costly to the church and problematic for everyone due to all the conflicts, either violent or nonviolent. Yeah, that kind of blew up in their face. Or there's the aftermath of the Seven Years' War. As you may remember, England and France had a conflict starting in 1754, spanning many locations, but especially in their Western Hemisphere colonies. Colonial presence was one of the many motivations for this war. When the dust finally settled, the Treaty of Paris practically secured England's dominance in what would eventually be North America. War is expensive, and because a lot of the war was for the colonies, the British decided it was only fair for the colonies to help cover the tab. I don't know, makes sense to me. So Parliament introduced a series of new acts and taxations, like the Sugar Act, which changed the tax on Caribbean imported molasses from six cents to three cents. Which seems strange at first, but it makes more sense when you realize they made this new act enforceable. And boy, did they ever enforce it. Or then there's things like the Stamp Act, in which any official document like a contract or a deed had to be stamped. Sounds annoying, but paper was a rare commodity. It rarely affected the life of the everyday Joe. But think about it. In the colonies, who's going to use a lot of paper? It's the rich white guys that are involved in major businesses, the military, and political decision-making. And And this this is is America. America. When you mess with our money, we get mad about it. But Parliament made one crucial mistake. They didn't ask for anyone else's input on these decisions. So to pay for a war, they got an expensive revolution. That didn't go over very well at all. Or do you remember that time banks loaned too much money and businesses promised too much and then reality set in and most of us couldn't pay up to our own greed? You know, the Great Depression in 1929. Oh, wait, sorry, did you think I was talking about the Great Recession of 2007? Nope, but it sure sounded pretty similar, right? It's nice to see how far we haven't gone in 80 years. The best laid plans of mice and men often go awry. But you want to know the part you're not going to like? Think about it. How often do things go wrong and we say something like, it's the thought that counts, or at least you tried, as if that makes total failure okay? Remember, from all of my examples, one guy just wanted to fix a building, some other guys just wanted to pay off the debt, and a lot of people wanted to own better better, nicer things. And yet they have all been villainized. Intentions offered little redemption in their cases. All right, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. You know a lot. I know too much. Your mother must have hovered over you. No, she did not. <laughs> well, she had to have, or you'd be dead. Well, because you're she did a kind of a live wire. <laughs> she did, like, you know, when I was a baby and I was pretty helpless. But after that, I think it... The bus kind of drove itself, and yeah. here I am now. Now look at you. Unintended uh, unintended consequences. Right. Things we didn't even know were going to happen, happened. They had, they really like, they really, you know, if the thought really counted, they were just trying to do good things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, everything just went wrong. Sometimes when you just try to do good things, you don't, you know, you just justify that I'm just trying to do good things. But in reality, you're messing people over. And I also find it wonderfully sort of morbidly funny that uh, the problem that they were trying to solve, they hurt by helping. Yeah. 
Yeah, they like specifically they made that exact problem worse. Yeah, isn't that see? But that's the nature of going against principle. There's a principle. The principle is the law of the harvest. You reap what you sow. If you don't sow, you don't reap, right? But we kind of live in a culture where you can just reap whatever you want. They hey, they I'll can, take that. Think they can cheat the system? You can't cheat the system. That's why. We're talking to Deanne Flynn. When we come after, back after this break, we're going to be talking to Deanne Flynn, the author of The Time-Starved Family, Helping Overloaded Families Focus on What Matters Most. She's going to be filling our brains with tons of wonderful ideas on how to not become a hovering, helicoptering parent and instead, you know, let the principles teach us. We'll be back right here on The Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome to 1962 in a town called Granite Flats, where everyone is friendly and everything is normal. Almost. There are things that need to stay secret. You ever seen anything like this? Oh, sir, it's pretty space age. She thought it was aliens. Yes, she did. Holy cow. G-Men. Don't go getting paranoid on me, Johnny Sanders. Watch an all-new episode of Granite Flats this Sunday at 6 Eastern, 4 Mountain on BYU-TV. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Investigators say the Boston Marathon bombers were driven to attack the U.S. by the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. The brothers learned how to make bombs from directions on the Internet. Speculation is rising around the man who was charged with sending poisoned letters to President Obama and a U.S. senator. He was released from jail on bond today, adding to the claims he may have been framed. The Supreme Court ruled legal immigrants will not face deportation for possession of small amounts of marijuana. The majority opinion held small possession conviction does not rise to the level of aggravated felony needed for deportation. A subpoena against the White House has been withdrawn by U.S. leaders of the Roman Catholic Church who are now stepping down their legal attack against new legislation requiring the church to provide birth control coverage in health care plans. The White House is not under attack. However, an official Associated Press Twitter account posted just such news earlier today when hackers took control of the account. Before AP was able to take the false tweets down, the Dow plunged over 100 points but has since recovered. In world news, authorities in Israel say the Syrian regime has used chemical weapons multiple times against the opposition fighters and is calling on the international community to take action. Previously, President Obama had stated chemical weapon use would prompt a major U.S. action. The French embassy in Libya was the target of a car bomb early this morning. The explosion wounded two guards and destroyed whole sections of the building. Libyan officials have dubbed the strike a terrorist act. Unrest is also brewing domestically in France. With today's official legalization of same-sex marriage, opponents are organizing large-scale marches and protests. 45,000 marched against the measure today in Paris. That's the news to half past the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show, being joined right now by the Deanne Flynn, the the legends. Good to have you. Good to have you here again. It was fun to be back. I mean, you've got it going, and we've got to talk because you have a daughter getting married. I have a daughter getting married. That's why I can't speak. 
<laughs> it's a big deal, isn't I it? I just came from her bridal fitting. Oh, you know yeah, what? Yeah, I think okay. my head is just like not quite attached now. Well, the, the, okay, so we're talking, this is Deanne Flynn. Let's just let everyone know who you are first and foremost. She is an author. She's the author of The Time-Starved Family, The Mother's Might, Why Even the Smallest Efforts Matter, and a brand new book about uh, Salt Lake City. It's a photographic portrait of Salt Lake City with a bunch of basically everything about Salt Lake City you'd ever want to know and do. And then what she suggests is you take your family and you start seeing every site and That's you start learning thinking. through everything. And I'm you learn thinking, the history. You know how for Father's Day you're like, what do I get my dad? Yeah. He has everything and I just want to get a tie. Get Salt Lake City and then go. Oh, and you know, Twin Lights Publishing that published yeah. this book out of Rockport, Massachusetts, they have major city books. So if you don't live in the Salt Lake City, so area, you just go to get any, Atlanta, get, get the Boston, Atlanta book. get New York. And then take your family Do and it. start learning about your own heritage, the city, the sites. That's what I'm thinking. That is the perfect gift. I know, Father's Day. And then you just take it right back. But you also ought to, while you're at it, just pick up Salt Lake City. That's what I'm thinking. Then you'd at least or know you could order what we're it talking online. about. Yeah, you could do that. Now, Deanne, you've also done television, PR. You've been busy that way. I think your big your big claim to fame, seven kids. Yes, this is why I, 25 I can your marriage, speak. by the way. I know. And it's coming right up like May 19th. Is it really? Yeah. And now, and a daughter, is this your first marriage? It is. My first daughter getting married. Oh, see, that's mine too. And it's a yeah. big deal. And I think we're having different experiences because I pretty much just wrote a check. <laughs> And I've did got, you send it to me? No, I didn't. But I just got out of the way. And it's just, I don't know much that's going on. Yeah, if there's a lot going on that you don't know about. Like, they just tell me where to be. Mm-hmm. Well, that's nice. You have a very good style. But you, on the other hand, mm-hmm. you have to do a lot of it. Yes, I'm doing it. But it's going to be fun. I'm telling myself that. It's going are you, to be are you, fun. Are you a helicopter parent? A little pre- bit, parent? yes. I think well, I but you're also, this is your forte. You're like, this is like putting on a party would be something I think you'd be good at. Well, yes, but you know, you were just speaking about how um, if if no one helicoptered, that all the children will be dead. Yeah, I kind of think that might be slightly true. Yeah. you were talking about you know cans in a, a car rolling around with no seatbelt. Right, exactly. You know, it was a different era. You remember back then? We didn't I was, care. I'm 50, so yeah. really, I never wore a seatbelt. I wore oh. I rode in the back of a truck with a dog. But <laughs> yeah. you know, I forgot no, about really, that. Really, I did. Absolutely. I was just out there with a the dog. But I feel like now. Not only are we smarter, Mm -hmm. but there are so many options. Oh, yeah. You know, because it's almost like we know what there is to offer. And so we feel like we're failures if we don't offer it. Everything. They have to have all the opportunities. Well, we want them to fail. I mean, to succeed Succeed. because we don't want to fail. Good mom, busy kid, you know. That's right. Yeah. But is that because we don't want to look bad or is that because we really want them to succeed? I think it's genuinely because we want the best for them. Yeah. I think, you know, there are those people that care about how they look. I wouldn't put myself in that category. Um, but I but I do genuinely uh, get greedy. Yeah. Because I think, oh, I want them to have this and I, I don't want them to miss out and I want more better. Plus, you don't want them in your basement. I don't want them on a video game in my basement. Yeah. I want them to be doing something productive. And right. that's an ambition. I think red personalities. I don't know, you mm-hmm. know if you've talked about that. Yeah, we have. Yeah. Personality disorder that I have, which is a little bit red. You're like, you're not even red. You're I'm like a little red. fire engine red. No, I'm really actually yellow. Are you? Mm-hmm. Are you really? But the you're red, fun. I'm kind of fun. Well, you are fun. Well, sometimes. But I feel like red comes out in me when I look at my kids at a video game <laughs> or at a computer. And I'm thinking, come on, let's do something. Right. That's productive. That's well, better you grew up in the day when you would go outside no matter what. That's pretty much well, all you could do. my mom said go outside. Well, the air conditioning didn't work. Well, don't dirty the carpets, you know? <laughs> Let's just, I just sweeped. 
Swept. Get see, out. Do you yeah. see how I just can speak? You swept. just done swept. She swept the dang kitchen for the fourth time that yeah. day. And she was like, go out. See. You know, but now I think there are so many things to do mm-hmm. that they don't want to go out. You know, they're thinking, I want to stay in and watch a movie. Well, or and they're sit doing there. things. They can put together a video and put it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And it's now going to be seen by thousands or millions of people. That's what my 16-year-old does all day. Yeah, and then the phone, you know, the handheld device, yeah. what uh, iPod, whatever you have in your hand, it's more interesting than anything you could play So you outside. think parents are just, you think we're kind of becoming a little more uh, micromanaging, maybe because the options are going up. That's one reason. Another one is uh, we want the best, of mm-hmm. course. That's another reason. I think we also uh, fear for our children. We fear failure mm-hmm. now. We want them to be successful. We want them yeah. to provide. So we're thinking, you've got to have a talent. You've got to have yeah. a degree. You've got to have all these skills because no one's getting a job. Right. So you think, oh, God, I've got to have them do something productive yep. so that they can actually succeed in life. I also Boy. think that um, part of our society, uh, we we like to blame everything. You know, we want to blame yeah. ADD. We want to blame the school. We want to blame someone else because our child, um, you know, isn't succeeding. But I feel like this whole overscheduling thing is partially because we we feel like we've got to provide and it's it's so much pressure and stress yeah. now that we feel like it's all on our heads, you know? I, there's a really funny YouTube um video that is I love and a lot of people have probably heard it, but it's a school in Queensland, Australia. Uh-huh. And it kind of it it kind of plays the message recording machine uh-huh. when you call that school, oh, yeah. and it's kind of like it came about due to a policy requiring parents to be more responsible for their children's behavior. Right? Because you know how we want to blame the school. We say, yeah. you know, if you're not doing well, then it's your teacher's fault. If you're not turning in your homework, then it's you know Everyone someone else else's blame. fault. Just don't and blame me. We, we, if they're doing well and being talented, then you know we definitely get the credit. But going along with this whole um, blaming idea. It was really funny because press, uh, press one for f- to make excuses for why your children didn't do his homework. <laughs> press two to lie about why your child was absent. Press three to complain about what we do as a staff. Plus, press four to swear at the staff members. Oh, my heavens, yeah. Press five to ask why you didn't get the info, info that had already been mailed to you. Um, press six if you want us to raise your child. <laughs> press seven. At the very end, it says, if you realize that this is the real world and your child must be accountable and responsible for his or her own behavior, classwork and homework, and it's not the teacher's fault if your child, for your child's lack of effort, then please hang up and have a nice day. See, I thought that's that was huge. great. That's, and, yeah. and I'm kind of segueing, but the real world, that's what we say we want to prepare our kids for by giving them all these things. Uh-huh. But I'm not sure... The real world's probably chores. The real right. world's probably working hard. Discipline. Go practice. Garden, yeah. Something like that rather than, we don't you know. Want. Well, it also puts the onus. If all of a sudden, in a way, that's why I think it's easier for some parents to just do things like write their kids' paper. Yes. It's easier that. That's easier than sitting down with them and helping them write the paper. So true. 
So we maybe we're shirking our responsibility by mm-hmm. just doing it for them. Yeah, and then um, if they don't do it, then we we make excuses for them and oh, blame, this school. Oh, that, why are they or, having this? Or we this call and lie like this press too. But but I think we kind of do that. Like our child has you know a lot going on and they're tired, so they say, "Mom, can I just sleep in?" And then we call the school and say, "You know, I'm sick. I'm sick." And then the mom's like, "Okay, call yeah, the school. My child's sick. not feeling well." Really? My I could never get away. My mom, I'm like, I'm sick. Mm-hmm. She's like, okay, let's see. Mm-hmm. Showing me the money. I had to like, unless there was actual evidence. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> actual bumps growing yeah, in your Yeah, bumps, tongue. something yeah. coming out of me. I know. It's no. true. I think we do, though, we handicap our children by not letting them live in the real world. Right. By telling them every place they have to be at any given time. Yeah. To, like every single hour after school. is They've managed to provide the play date and then the gymnastics yeah. thing and then the drive through window for dinner because they have to go to dance. And then we're shuttling them back oh, home. Yeah. You know, it just seems like... Where, when are they going to learn? I don't know. I don't know who they are. In fact, I, um, my, my mom, I was a latchkey kid. My parents divorced. So I would go home after school and my mom would say, there's your football uniform. It's clean. Your practice is at four. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say, well, how am I getting there? Because mm-hmm. she'd say, get on your bike. Yeah. I can't ride my bike with my pads. And she'd say, Matt, you'll never be safer. Yeah. But one of the things is, is now we'll say you can't walk. I even do this with my little daughter because I'm like, what if someone takes you? In my mind, I'm thinking, what if someone takes you? What if? You know, she's nine. And I'm thinking you can't go (laughs) down the dang road because you are a cute little girl. But are we less? I I wonder if we're honestly less safe. No, we are. We're freaky paranoid. We're just paranoid. We're just more paranoid. We're not necessarily less safe. Well, I think we are, but, you know, one of the things, too, is the media. Of course, we always blame everything on the media. But, you know, someone comes missing, like last week in Provo. Uh-huh. A yeah. girl was missing. And, oh, yeah. you know, everyone was like, ah, she's been taken. Well, oh, and the gosh. alerts go out. and Yeah, and you're but, thinking, who took this girl on her way to school? Right. But, she uh, ran away. You did know, you have alerts day. when you were a child? No, I did like, not where's have Deanne? alerts. She hasn't been home for six so hours. They probably thought, great, I don't have to feed her dinner. Good. <laughs> like, one less mouth to feed. It's just different. It really is it, different. It is different. But I think part of it is the paranoia from the media. Because they have nothing else to say, so they say they need the something. scary story all day long, and, and they try- start to believe. They'd it. say they're trying to help. Well, maybe they are, but they have to fill up airtime. It's just like yeah. us right now. We're filling up airtime. We're not even just filling it up. I think we're filling it well. I think well. we've overfilled it. Have we filled it? Um, well, I feel like there's so many other ideas okay, about well, this. That's where we, I want to do this. Let's just take a break and come back so you have a full a full segment to teach us. Okay. Where, where are we going to go when we come I think, back? Well, I, I, you know, CNN's been talking a lot about the too many after-school activities. Yeah. And so the lessons and the stress it creates. Oh. Maybe we should just talk Let's about de-stressing. There. Well, I, you know what it is, and we'll come back and talk about it. It's the minivan. I think it Mark might be my the words, it will, it'll all come back to the invention of a minivan. Okay. Back in the day, we didn't have a minivan. This is true. We had You trucks. had a station wagon. Oh, that's right. And anyway, I'm pretty sure it's the minivan. We're going to take a break with Deanne Flynn. We'll be back trying to give you some tools to, uh, I don't know, make it so you're less stressed as a parent, as a family. The Time Starved Family is Deanne's book. We'll come back, get more ideas on that. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. In a future disaster, it may sound perfectly normal to say, thank goodness the roaches have arrived. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. Why would anybody ever be glad to see roaches when they're coming to rescue you, of course? 
Robot designers keep working away at miniaturizing robots that are energetic, tiny, and agile enough to get into tiny spaces, like under the rubble of an earthquake zone looking for survivors. But they have a way to go yet in miniaturizing a bot that can do everything an insect can do. To be fair, nature has had several million years head start on the robot guys, which is what inspired the researchers at North Carolina State University to borrow from nature by seeing if they could electronically steer a Madagascar roach using remote signals. You create a cyborg roach by gluing on a tiny backpack with a battery and radio receiver. Using electrodes connected to the sensory organs, researchers found that they could stimulate the nerve that warns the roach of an impending shoe to get it moving. Then stimulating the hairs that sense if it's running into a wall, they could get it to turn right and left at will with precision. Just don't aim it at your sister's bedroom door. This is science. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Want more from BYU Radio? Then like us on Facebook for updates, behind-the-scenes information, and more. And once you're there, let us know what you think. Give us feedback on shows, ask questions, and connect with our BYU Radio listeners and with our show hosts. Just find BYU Radio on Facebook, like us, and talk about good. And as always, thank you for listening to BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Just hanging out with Deanne Flynn as we take pictures for her nephew. Nephew, that's cute. Mm-hmm. She's got a, he's got a traveling uh, little paper a flat man. boy that you have to go a all over flat and take boy. pictures. Yeah, um, nothing. <laughs> you can't beat having a flat boy. Mm-mm. Oh, you can move that anywhere you want. Okay, thank you. Um, now here's the deal, Deanne. We, before you know, we're with Deanne Flynn author of The Time-Starved Family, helping overloaded families focus on what matters most. She's also got some other books out, by the way. One is um, a book on Salt Lake City, where she goes all over the city of Salt, or Salt Lake City and takes beautiful pictures. You didn't take the pictures, did you? No, Bill Krinkovich. I think I'm saying his name right. Yeah. I've never, you know, he's like an award-winning photographer. Yeah. And it's not just Salt Lake City. It's the whole area. So it's like Park the greater, City, all yeah. the Olympics venues. But it's great because then you use this book as an activity to go to every site educate spend time with your kids mm-hmm. i mean it's great because it has every like major religious symbol from the mormon church the catholic church all of those Method churches are, so then you can go in and out and start explaining the importance of religious diversity i mean you can talk about anything and you museums want. galore oh i love that yeah i do too and it's a great father's day just just saying and that's so wherever you are you can get a similar version of this what company did you um, publish yeah with? twin lights publishing rockport massachusetts they have yeah. them for most major cities so check them out in your area but the Time-starved family, Deanne. Okay, so here we sit. Mm-hmm. We've got lots of stuff going on. We can't, uh, parents tend to control, and maybe out of guilt, maybe out of not knowing what to do, maybe out of just pure love, but mm-hmm. whatever it is, it might be hindering their kids. Stress. Yeah, and stressing them out, mm-hmm. like too much. Yeah, but I think we kind of uh, project that stress that we feel onto them uh-huh. because we feel it. We're feeling pressure. Yeah. So we're thinking, oh, we got to do something. Because yeah, we're action. feeling it. Get action. action. Yeah. So we schedule too many after school activities with an eye toward lessons that they'll learn about themselves mm-hmm. and they'll grow and they'll become talented. Yeah. And then we're going to feel great because <laughs> we have done that. And then and, and then they'll go pro. 
and driven. Oh, perhaps. And that would be, you know. But that's a great point because it's we're they're so into the activities but maybe we're missing the learning moments. And the learning moments to me are scrubbing floors and toilets because really yes. how many of us are going to actually do that in life? I agree. Well, that's interestingly, we have five boys mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure if, if their ability to scrub a toilet went up, their accuracy would also go up. Respect for mother would also go up because then they're that like, think, ooh, totally. my mom. Yeah, she mom did this will get that. Time. Mom gets that. Yeah, there's just a whole lot of golden child going on. And when that goes on, uh-huh. all the other real life stuff goes to the wayside. And then that child gets this feeling like, wow, I am so busy and so good. I don't have time for the dishes. <laughs> You know, Mom, I don't have time. I don't have time. You I've got the AP test. Oh, I, I just like, I've got so much homework. Yeah. I'm like, I've got, you know, a lot of fatigue going here. Uh, so. My daughter that's getting married came home after a 14 hour day of work, mm-hmm. two jobs. And she's like, oh, I'm so exhausted. I'm like, don't leave your stuff right there. Mm-hmm. And she's like, do you know I've had 14 hours of work today? And you're like, so have I. Yeah. Thanks. Welcome to my world. Yeah, really. Grow up. No, but it's true. Yeah. And then the tears. But you know, all those good little baby experiences, they kind of help them yeah. to go to the big, grand adult Now we're in the big leagues, aren't we? Yeah. And you know what happens if your child is a prodigy like yours? Yes. Your children are, a couple of them are like ridiculous. They are crazy Piano-wise and but see, others. The, you know what? But they're, that's where, that they've tested us mm-hmm. because they didn't match the rules. So the rule was we'd have to take the prodigy son that we found out was really good at piano and we'd have to have him in all the lessons and have him in everything. So mm-hmm. we tried that and it mm-hmm. didn't work. Mm-hmm. It freaked him out. It overwhelmed him. So we quit. He wouldn't practice. He wouldn't study. And when we backed out, he actually found himself. Mm-hmm. So I learned as a parent, if I just can keep guiding some light on it and then back out, usually they'll come. I think you totally hit the nail on the head because you say, are you a hovering, are you a helicopter parent? I think it's a constant check and balance because mm-hmm. sometimes you are, sometimes yeah, you're not. So totally. when you feel like you are being that person, yeah. then you kind of like back off. Or look at your kids because they'll show you when you are because they'll be stressed out. And, and they'll just hate and you and they'll want you to go away. Uh-huh. Yeah. But like, for example, do you just go away from them making their bed? Because Never. they're just like, go away. You're bugging me. You know what is funny is we don't ever focus on bed making. You don't. I don't actually know if my kids make their bed. No, well, you were probably just, my child's roommate easy. then. It's just literally you flip your th- whatever they Well, call this it. is the thing. It's not even just the action of making a bed. But the, That's a symbol. The habit, though. The habit. And you know, the interesting thing is now that I have three in college, you know, every one of them went to college and said, my roommate doesn't know how to put their clothes in the hamper. Like, they don't know how. They've never, yeah. ever been taught. They've never had to do it. Oh. So we say, oh, we're going to check the room right off. That yeah. doesn't really matter. But when they start cohabitating with someone oh, yeah. else, those, like, common courtesies of just sheer, you know, normal decency, yeah. they do matter. Yeah, they totally do. And so do. what if they can throw a football? Right. I mean, truly, if they cannot, you know, like... Put it in the hamper. Yeah, I'm thinking, great. Well, I'm glad that you probably won't go pro. Right. But you probably want to be a good partner. To whomever, yeah, exactly. you know, and so that's where I think our society that's so fast paced, so technology driven. Yeah. It's just the common little things that our grandparents and parents just that was normal that was to them. But that's like the discipline of it, isn't it? That's where if you don't, it's the day to day that's the hard thing. It's it easy to so hit true. something. It's easy to look good on the piano 
once if it's in your genes and you're good at it, right? Oh, if you've pre- you yeah. know played paid the price to practice, yeah. or even if you crammed really hard on one song for a week, yeah, you can that's finally true. hit it. Yeah. But it's but then is there the discipline to still be nice and cordial and everything else you've learned that gets you there? And the nice, I'm so glad you brought that up because I'm not sure we're even growing no, nice. We're necessarily. not. We're not kind we're of entitled. Entitled in it with a capital E. Mm-hmm. Is it an E? It sounds like title. Yeah. Entitled. Yeah, it is. So I feel like that is something that as parents, I'm constantly looking at and thinking, are my kids good, smart, nice? Mm. So what if they're talented? I mean, yeah, that's great and it will help them get into college. But are they good? Like, yeah. are they true? Are they, are they true? smart? Do they have common sense? Are they nice? Yeah. Are they kind? Do they have manners? You know, are they, do they know how to treat someone and be respectful? And do they know how to f- appreciate? Which is a big deal. Like, so you have a new son-in-law coming in. I do. And there's like a major, that's a major event because you're, yeah. there's a ton of judgment. There's initially. judgment initially. That's like, so true. He's... Yeah, it's true. You know, the thing of it is though, um, you look at that person and you say, first of all, you're, I think you might think this too. Are they going to be able to provide? Yeah, exactly. Totally. <laughs> can they pay? Yeah. Can they eat food? Will yeah. they live in a house? You know. But then the second thing is, is are they going to treat? You know. And maybe that's the, that, that's that's very telling right there. That I'm not yeah. thinking. Are they going to treat my are they daughter? Treat nice? her well the first. first thing I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Are they going to eat food? Yeah. Isn't See, that interesting? Yes. See, that's actually mine. Is more. Uh, my second was. Are they going to provide? My first is. Hmm. How's he going to handle? Mine is more like. How's he going to handle my daughter? Yeah. Can that's he, part of the. Can he you know, take the? Can he handle? Her strength. Can they treat yeah, them and well? Can they treat them well? Yeah. So but that's maybe more what dads think of a little bit. Like, don't mess with my daughter. Well, no, you're getting. Yeah, I guess you're right. You're and you're right. maybe more like safety. Is he going to provide? I'm kind of like safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like, are you going to shelter her? Are you going to like feed her? Are you going to protect her? That's. But that's very. This is a big moment, and and the judgment is inherent. Like I knew very quickly if I could like this guy and if he could, if he can cut it. Yeah. But I also knew his parents. So you knew because he was from your area. So uh-huh. mine wasn't. The other thing is, too, um, you know, of course, my daughter's going to be a PA. So yeah. it's not like she can't provide for right. herself. Provide. You know, she's going to get a good job. She's got a great education. She's almost done with school. But I feel like um, there is that whole motherhood factor when your child gets married, too. You look at their their potential spouse and think, will they be a good parent? Will they help my grandchildren? I mean, you're projecting way yeah. into the future and right. they're, you know, barely getting married. You start to think, <laughs> so I'm seeing these children it's like, so are you going to be a good dad? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, yeah. that is kind of um, sick, too. That is hovering, isn't it? Totally. Oh, Does that show hovering. my helicopter? Yeah. No, you're a total helicopter. I think you're I am. What, let's call you Bell. Okay, go ahead. The Bell helicopter. No, I really think I am. Well, but I think you are. But I think part of it is it's actually I, I don't I mean well you're not probably the unhealthy level I can't I've, there have been times they're probably it's yeah. probably a bad you have to check and, and say when have I called my school when have I checked in with the teacher have you done that recently <laughs> I'm a room mom so and I work in the media center okay, so yeah, yeah you're like way hands-on yeah. okay maybe we need to just do this for you and try to help you break could your... you do this free of charge yeah okay great. We, but we'd have to do it on the radio oh well that's okay because I probably don't know anyone out there we'll have to do major intervention I think you might but you're very normal did you hear this listen to this okay this is this came on our Facebook page this is a, a woman whose mother-in-law is still hovering uh-oh. Okay, never good. Um, I won't give names. Let's just call her Jay. Okay. She says, something I struggled with when my boys were young I is I asked my mother-in-law if she wouldn't buy them video games. 
They had a ton of them already, and I hated how much time they spent on them. I felt my request was ignored, and additional gaming machines were received with even more games, which in turn made it even harder to keep turning off the gaming. I tried to express myself to her without offending, but it didn't seem to matter. Pretty much still hasn't changed. I just feel disrespected in this matter. Overindulgence. Don't get me wrong. She's wonderful, grandmother, but this is a very hard situation for me. That is. If she specifically said, don't do it. Now, that but... seems like the opposite of what you're doing. See, that's what I'm thinking. Yours is probably a little healthier. You're, you're, you're trying to get your kids the best educational experience. You're in the classroom helping them. You're there. This is somebody maybe doing the exact opposite. Well, if she's actually asked her mother-in-law not yeah. to, and then she does anyway, that's, that's sick. That's that's kind of sick. That's uh, here's one. Um, you heard that we we have one of the people on Facebook that actually her ex mother-in-law is Satan's mistress. Did you really? Not hear that? No, I. So she's the one and only. Or so if anybody several? needs to know who that is, let me know, and we can track down this person. <laughs> uh, here's another one. My mother is and has a handy has handicapped my younger sister to the point she is having issues with adulthood. Her her sister can't move on because mm. mom has so handicapped her. I've actually seen that where they just can't cut the apron mm-hmm. string and then they live at home and they don't marry, and that's actually. I've seen that, and that's that's yeah. not good. Well, see, I, maybe that's another sign of this is that you, yours aren't hindered. Your kids are thriving. Your uh, well, kids are I succeeding. Hope, you know, you never know. I mean, truly well, what's going on in their heads, that's the other thing. You yeah. know, you try to equip them that's for true. life, but you don't really know. Well, your daughter called me and said, you've, you've loosened the reins a lot. Did she tell Ever you? Ever since she went to PA school. Oh, yeah. Well, she, she hasn't gone to PA school. Oh. She's going to PA school. Well, that's what she told you. Yeah. But she's got some surprises. <laughs> she just doesn't want to drop it on you until she's married. <laughs> Thanks. Isn't, that, isn't the one that's married, getting married? Yeah, it is. That's the one who's getting married. But the great thing is, is now that she is like in medicine, I get all this free advice. Oh, that's great. She helps me. I know. I you know, ever since her. I became a doctor, people ask me to check their moles and stuff. Well, after this, I do have this suspicious mole. Do you? Gonna, yeah. Well, you know, what's ironic is I, I'm not that kind of doctor. Oh, so okay. I'll just have to defer you. Okay, to this story. But Skyboy's dad's a doctor, so maybe he can help. Well, he probably can because <laughs> I think it's genetic. <laughs> That's sad. Sad but true. We're talking with Deanne Flynn, author of the the Time Starved Family, helping overloaded families focus on what matters most. You also wrote the book The Mother's Might: Why Even Our Smallest Efforts Matter. I did that for guilty moms did and you? moms who just can't feel good about themselves, which is most of us. Really, because I mean, we're just never doing enough. We're just never doing it right. What is that? Well, we get a lot of feedback. From from but but you're not. It doesn't seem like you're getting it from the men. Well, the feedback isn't always positive. Yeah, I oh, mean, you're people getting feedback like, from the kids. Well, they're all saying, "Mom, I need this," or "Mom, you did this," or "Mom, yeah. I didn't." You know, you're not getting like, "Oh, you're so great on Mother's Day," and then we hate that day oh, yeah. because we have guilt and we you feel like we're not more. doing it. You could have done more. Yeah, but it's the little things that do matter. It's I'm totally serious, right. and so I that agree. book is a feel good book. It's like a you know a lot of little stories and anecdotes about like you are doing it. You know, you don't realize. <laughs> it but you're you're doing it every day it's gonna happen why so that's the mother's might why even our smallest efforts matter and then your book on salt lake city which you recommend for father's day and mother's day and mother's day and these are nationwide by the publisher has put together basically a book for all the major cities Mm -hmm. from twin Twin lights Lights Publishing. publishing rockport massachusetts but more importantly i think than even the book is the activity of going as a family and investing and checking these places out a lot of them are free you know, all the Olympic sites are now open for yeah. people to do and I see you can do a lot stuff. of museums, a lot of historic sites. Really great area we live in. It's beautiful. Deanne Flynn, you did it again. 
thank you for being a super mom. Thank you for letting me come, and we'll go to each other's weddings. And yeah, I'll for give sure. You, I'll hold up a little card, and it will be like score from one to ten. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you, know you a how seven. It it's gonna be. It's gonna be. It's scary. We're getting old, Dan. We are. Well, that's uh, that's it with Deanne. Deanne Flynn, check her books out, though. You can get the books at DeseretBook.com. Where else, Deanne? BarnesandNoble.com, Amazon.com, wherever and fine books are sold. Lots of comms there. Deanne Flynn, thanks again. And we're going to take a break. We'll be back with more ideas on this helicopter parenting, how to uh, land the helicopter and let your kids live a life of their own. This is the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. KBYU-FM, HD2, Provo. When it comes to interviewing, Dean Duncan isn't in a rush. On his show, This'll Take a While, he goes in-depth with his guests, getting to the heart of the topic. So sit back, relax, and be ready for the engaging, expansive conversation. Here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio, talk about good. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Investigators say the Boston Marathon bombers were driven to attack the U.S., because of the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, the brothers learned how to make bombs from directions on the Internet. Speculation is rising around the man who was charged with sending poisoned letters to President Obama and a senator. He was released from jail on bond today, adding to claims he may have been framed. Legal immigrants will not be deported over small marijuana possession charges, according to a Supreme Court ruling today. The court says basic possession is not a felony under federal law. Montana Senator Max Baucus announced today he will retire after finishing out his current term next year. Baucus was first elected in 1978 and currently serves as chairman of the Senate Finance Committee. The White House is not under attack. However, an official Associated Press Twitter account posted just such news earlier today when hackers took control of the account. Before AP was able to take the false tweets down, the Dow plunged over 140 points but has since recovered. In world news, the Syrian regime has used chemical weapons on opposition forces several times in the last month, according to Israeli intelligence experts. Now leaders in Israel are calling on the international community to help bring a swift end to the increasingly deadly Syrian conflict. The French embassy in Libya was the target of a car bomb early this morning. The explosion wounded two guards and destroyed whole sections of the building. Local residents are telling media outlets they don't think the embassy had sufficient security. Unrest is also brewing domestically in France. With today's official legalization of same-sex marriage, opponents are organizing large-scale marches and protests. 45,000 people marched against the measure today in Paris. That's the news to the top of the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We are talking about helicopter parenting. And Skyboy's shaking his head because he's listened to too much of that rock and roll music. And now he's just head bobbing to our uh, to our theme music. Here's what we want to go with this. Because, you know, parents, come on. Come on. You can't just expect to micromanage your child in the moment and then hope they change. If you're going to micromanage them, micromanage them over time. 
No, that's not the point. The point is, parents, you got to parent. And uh, there's ways to parent and there's ways not to parent. So what we did is we went to Facebook. We asked the simple question, are any of you suffering in your marriage? And by the way, tons of them have said, you know what? Seriously. Our marriage was almost destroyed because of my mother-in-law. So apparently, parents, you're really messing things up as far as your children's relationships are going. So we've asked Merritt and Madison to do some research on my Facebook page and find some stories of parents getting maybe a little too involved. Who wants to go first? Just a little. Just a little too involved. All right, Merritt, let's hear it. You ready? This is a good one to kick it off. Okay. So one of your messages, um, this lady had her first child, and her mother-in-law insisted on going to every single follow-up appointment with her. Like, Is that the follow-up before the baby or after the baby? After the baby. Why? Because she had to know. You mean the, ba- the baby follow-ups? Yes. Not hers. Her follow-ups, So too. when she went to like the, the, the girl doctor, the OBGYN, the mom would go, okay, so now the mother of this child, she's okay? Is everything okay, doctor? Messed up. So they were going and um, they went. And because the mom had had a C-section, the doctor wanted to make sure that the scar was healing and that everything was okay. And so he decided to check the scar. It's a private moment. You know, it's a private thing. But not for this person because the mother-in-law came and stood right next to the doctor. She gloved up, didn't she? And had to look at the scar as well. You are kidding I'm not kidding. Was the mom involved at the at the delivery? It, not as far as I can tell, but because as a trained professional, once you once you've gone through a delivery, I think it changes all the rules because like now everything's open. Like I've, you know, you have nothing left to give. So now the mother-in-law thinks like just because of that experience that we are one. Exactly. So hmm. this poor this poor mom just totally lost it. Way too much in her space and it started <laughs> oh, crying. The doctor thought that this was because of postpartum depression. Oh no, and mom heard that. And so gave her medication, <laughs> but she eventually had to admit that it was not because it's... she had postpartum depression, no. but because her mother-in-law was far too involved. <sighs> And she goes on to say that her husband still calls her every time they get back from a trip and that he even called his mother before they called his kids after uh, their kids after they went on a cruise. So a little a little too involved. Okay, so let's just learn from this. Hey, moms out there in listener land um, after the delivery, the cesarean delivery of your of your grandchild. The scar is off limits. Leave your daughter-in-law alone. Give her some space. Walk away. If you're not, if you're a mother-in-law that has seen the cesarean scar of your daughter-in-law, you are a hovering parent. I know. Merritt and I, when we both saw that story, we were just like, what? Like, I'm just trying to imagine in that situation for me, she'd be like, can I come? And I'd be like... No, you know, no. just be like, here, no. how about you stay here? Um, you can help me by um, well, making food. or I don't What's know, worse is you're sitting there and you've just got, you know, it's just you and the doc and usually a nurse or whatever. Maybe your husband's there, you know, to show some care. And then all of a sudden your mother-in-law pokes her head in. Hey, yeah. How does it look, doc? Does that look, because that looks more red than I'm, I'm used to seeing. I know. You know, <laughs> 
I don't know how I would handle myself in that situation. Needless oh to say, it'll heavens. be interesting how I deal with the whole mother-in-law But situation. it's funny because it's also, she might just be so naive as to not think that this is a big deal. It's true. Well, that story did mention that the mother-in-law like had some experience. Like I don't know if she worked in that doctor's office, but uh. even then, like I'm thinking, okay, if I was married, had my own kids, and it was like my future daughter-in-law, yeah. I would never imagine of being no. like, can I come with you? Like That's, that's so just not... odd. Well, I mean, okay, let's just reverse it to the father-in-law. So a father-in-law comes in and, I guess, uh, sits down while I'm having an exam. That's messed up. Get out of here. Larry, leave. Get I think that just back. put it in perspective for me. Did you do it? Yeah. Okay, see, it's that, the same That would thing. be so weird. It's like, you know, hey, uh, Sky, do you mind if I come in on this one? <laughs> no. You can't. This mind. is private time. <laughs> you know, the funny story is that there actually was a story about a father-in-law. On the Facebook. Because, oh, man. Because, you know, like, okay, mother-in-law, you know, the kind of the term is monster-in-law. You yeah. Know, kind of to make fun of that. But there is something that I actually hadn't really thought of before of with what? the father-in-law. Um, so there was this lady and her husband was gone, was out of town. Um, but she invited her uh, mother and father-in-law and, I guess, another sister, whoever, you know, just some family over. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're getting ready to sit down. And then the father pipes up and is like, oh, uh, well, thanks for coming. Uh, could we have someone do this? And then let's see. And she's like, what? What? Like, like this is my house. But she's like, you know what? Whatever. Whatever. We'll let the, he's the patriarch, mm-hmm. right? He's the. Yeah. He's the man of the house. Well, she's well. That's kind of the thing that she's going with. She's like, well, this is my house. Yeah. But kind of thing of okay, you know what? He can he can do whatever. Mm, Sure, whatever. But then they sit down and he starts railing on certain political views and public figures, and uh, she knows that someone else there has a an affiliation. Affiliation. And so she just. Times up. Hey, would you mind not, hey. you know, talking about this at the table? Here, let's talk about something else. Changes. Can it. you shut that flappy thing under your nose? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> what did she say? But she was. She was polite, you know, and she was great. I mean, personally, <sighs> I think that she acted great in this situation because, yeah. Um, I mean, for him just to kind of take charge of be a little miffed, but I'd be like, yeah. okay, you know, whatever, like, whatever <laughs> his deal is. But then. Being like, hey, you know, could you could you not do that? Okay, thanks. It changed the conversation, but afterwards, they had a talk, and he just railed on her. Did he re- oh. for being like, how dare you say that to me, in like in front of people? Like I'm the man type of that mentality. Oh boy! And so There's she gonna was gonna be a fight. Yeah, There's gonna be a fight. <laughs> and in her thought, she's like, excuse me, this is my home. You know? No, but she didn't say. She she said, excuse me, really high, nice. This is my home. <laughs> you will pay. And then game on. You don't mess with a lady in her home. <laughs> this guy, he, he didn't even have a clue what was coming. He's okay. like, he didn't know the train. I, ooh, I can feel it. I got to check this out on my Facebook oh, page. Oh, goodness. It wasn't that bad. No, she handled it really well. You know what I mean? It would be hard in a situation like that. I would... Oh. I would not have handled it. Can that you imagine well, so. when the husband came home? Props for her. Oh well, she did talk about it with the husband. I but bet. the thing is, is that the husband didn't talk to the father about it. He just was like, "Okay, I agree with you. Like you uh, should have done that." Yeah. And then didn't do anything about it. Hey, sorry, my mom. I know my mom's a little intrusive. She shouldn't go to the OBGYN with you. <laughs> I totally agree. 
And you're like, do something. I, this is what I this is what I see with my clients. They get it. Oh, I, yeah. Dad can be a jerk sometimes. Don't worry about it. Well, no, it's already happened. And then he reamed me. And then so, so you can't just poo-poo it and say, oh, it's no big deal. Exactly. So if you're out there in listener land, you're in trouble. <laughs> Don't make me come out there. Well, yeah, especially with all these stories. I mean, from things of like the mother-in-law wanting to plan your wedding. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah. as we were talking earlier up, you have kids, yeah. can get married. How would that fly with your daughter? Oh, boy. Yeah. She won't even let her mother plan her wedding, <laughs> let alone the mother-in-law. Come exactly. on. You know, and so to um, like not liking the color that you paint the walls in your house. Ugh. And there's actually the story that I've heard of when the mother, the grandmother, did not like the name of her grandchild. You know, before right. she was like, mm, you know, don't. Don't don't call her that name. And, you know, it was kind of like a little bit of a riff between that before the kid was born because they picked yeah. it up before. And then finally the grandmother said, you know what? It's okay. I will support you in your decision, but I will not call her that. So she calls her daughter sweet – or the granddaughter Sweet Pea. Uh. But when you think about it, like there could be worse things. She could have made a huge big deal about oh, yeah. it being like, okay, I'll call her whatever. I don't know what name it is. But, you know, but – the mother is actually grateful for that because now her daughter, so the granddaughter, mm-hmm. now goes, oh, I'm grandma's sweet pea. You know, and isn't that That's cute. cute? Yeah. That's making the best out yeah. of a bad situation. That's good. See – that's the what's that called? That's that's cooperative. That's a cooperative solution. Let's find out a way. I mean, really, what it sounds like a lot of this is is it's just people not knowing their boundaries. Mm-hmm. This is where it gets crossed. I mean, that mother, that mother, she bathed the son for years, and you married the son. So why couldn't I go to the doctor with you? <laughs> I mean, the logic in her mind is like, yeah, A leads to B, which leads to C. Yeah, okay. So I'll be there. What time's the appointment? <laughs> and we're going to check that scar because you want that to heal right. Um, but the logic in her head makes sense. It's just so. Even Skylar shakes his head. <laughs> you know what? You you know your father in law is going to want to check scars. He better not want to do that. He's going to want to know if you've been knifed or something. But it's a, it's so part of it is just we have these this history, this expectation of stuff, and um, and then some of it is a power struggle, and that's where it seems like it gets a little scarier when the mom. It seems like it's a. I guess it was the dad being kind of ignorant and not knowing his role. Yeah, that was the case for the father. Yeah. intruding. And you know what? Let me give you a rule on that: is uh, whoever who the, the the parent that's out of line has to be corrected by their child. Mm-hmm. What do you do if your chi- the child of the parent that's out of line um, has no backbone or doesn't see the problem like you see it? What? You can't go to the doctor with my mom. What is the big deal? <laughs> What's the big deal? Um, I've seen so many times that the one person who's been violated in whichever way by their in-laws they want so badly that the husband gets it and sees it their way and goes and takes their parent on. And those they won't. So a big problem with this is just more of an issue of who are you most dedicated to? Are you more dedicated to your mom or are you more dedicated to me? And then we get in the fight. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that's not the issue quite honestly. There's probably a deeper issue of if a woman feels like her husband's choosing her mother, his mother over her. 
um, there's inherent pain there. So we're going to end up fighting about the doctor visit. The doctor visit's not the real issue. The doctor visit just shows that you are more dedicated to your mom than me being comfortable at my own doctor visit. So I call that the smoke versus the starve stuff. The starve stuff is the seven basic needs. The safety, do you feel like you can trust? Do you feel appreciated? So when you're, the father's sticking his nose in um, and taking over the family when the dad's gone, she may not have felt respected. She may have felt invalidated. This is my house. Please don't disrespect everybody and invalidate the people I've brought here. He probably felt issues and problems, and then those two things kind of heat up, and boom, we hit each other. Well, in that situation, what do you think that it would be helpful to sit down with the father and the wife, or yeah. what would you say? You know, eventually, see, the, the dilemma is we have to grow separate from our parents. And if we haven't, then all of a sudden this stuff gets in the way. If you haven't, like this is probably an example where no one's given feedback. And then the, the, like the woman, for example, with her father-in-law, he, it's the first time it's dawned on him. It probably didn't dawn on him. It's the first time he got feedback that I guess he's not in charge. <laughs> um, yep. and, and the funny thing is, is when the son was there, he would probably defer to the dad. So that was a tradition, a habit that the family had probably had for years. When the son's gone, the dad assumed that the daughter would obviously defer and that he could get away with things he had done forever. So this is stuff that, yeah, it needs to be, it needs to be coordinated is what I call it. You need to have talked about this. She had to have been irritated by him bringing up politics well before this, right? Mm-hmm. But they just never brought it up because they're like, oh, your dad's crazy, whatever. He can do what he wants at his house. Then all of a sudden it rears its head. So she probably – it's twofold – He's guilty, but he's probably guilty by ignorance, and then she's guilty by embarrassing him. And the problem with it is she feels justified because he was so ignorant, and he feels justified to be mad and take her on because she was so belligerent in front of people. And once we're both justified, no one's going to get peace. So one of the rules with dealing with any human, whether it's your in-laws or not, is you got to ask yourself, do you want peace or do you want to be right? Uh, and if you want your kids to be raised in a family that's healthy and happy, a lot of times we choose peace over being justified and right. Now, that would be so much easier if the husband came home and just was so sorry to his wife that he had, she had to go through that. But if, she, if he comes home and starts justifying his father's behavior, game on. Game on. Someone's going someone's gonna to get in trouble. So, um, so do you guys have one more story? Um, yeah, well, there's another story of kind of crossing boundaries. Okay, save it. I want to take a break, and let's come back and do the last crossing boundary one, and then we'll um, wrap it up. Sky, you awake with us now? I'm very awake. Because I'm going to be quizzing you on our last interaction. All right. Because I gave a rule in there. There was a very important rule, and I know Merritt's got it because she never misses a rule. Right, Merritt? You got it? Because I need you to remind me. Uh, We're going to take a break right here on the Matt Townsend Show. We will be back wrapping up this idea of how to not be a hovering in-law right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. We'll dress for success as we try out the newest spacesuit designs. This is Innovation Now. Bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. With spring fashions on the way, NASA looked into its closet and noticed that spacesuit designs hadn't evolved much since the last space shuttle program. 
Now that we're thinking about walking in deep space, as well as the surface of Mars or an asteroid, it's time for newer and better suit designs. And the first prototype on our runway is the Z-1. This little number features a one-piece torso design with many rigid ball-bearing joints combined with softer, flexible fabric sections to allow lots of bending and reaching, as well as easy walking while pressurized. The stylish bubble helmet gives panoramic vision. Top it all off with an Easy Care entry hatch on the back to let you dock a dirty suit to the outside of a rover or spacecraft and get in from the cold and vacuum without needing an airlock. The Handy Go Anywhere Life Support Backpack replaces bothersome lithium filter cartridges with a full-time, self-renewing CO2 scrubber that runs as long as you want to. As the Z1 proves out these concepts, they'll be added to NASA's next generation of Go Anywhere spacesuits. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Ciao, Bella. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We are talking about uh, boundaries and, and how sometimes as parents, when we're so you know used to hovering and controlling everything, we might fall into the trap of over-controlling and over-hovering. <sighs> it's great. Ain't life great? So Madison's back with us. Madison, uh, you had one more story you found on Facebook. Yes, I did. And so this is a story from a man's point of view, and he was talking about his wife's parents. When okay. they moved into their mother-in-law apartment. <clears throat> Mistake number one. <laughs> Mistake number one. Do not ever move into your parents' apartment or house. No, no, but no, you can save moved. so much money. You can save a lot on the way to the mental oh, hospital. You you misunderstood. Oh, sorry. No, it's fine. No, it's fine. The parents moved in with the child. Rule number two: Do not let the parents ever move in ever with you. It doesn't matter if they have to stay in a tent in the yard. No one's moving in. Okay. Not to be rude. Did I make that clear? But they can save so much money. Let them save whatever they want. They're not moving in. But it's so cold out here. Shut up, Grandma. You're not coming in. You can't let them in. You can't let them in. I mean, I mean, I get it. Let them stay for a week, then get the motor home fixed and get them on the road. You've got it. You can't. I'm telling you, it 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 rarely works. Now it works in other cultures, right? They do that all over the world. Multi generational homes just well, doesn't work in the United culture. States for yeah. some reason. I mean, that's the entire thing. You said it right there. Yeah. It's a different culture. Totally different culture for us Americans, like our space. Right. So it started off, you know, parents moving in with the kids. And um, the son was saying, you know, we live in a nice area. And they started with one car in their driveway. And they're like, oh, that's fine. You know, <laughs> you guys have the car. Then the grandparents bought a motorhome. Of course. And then they parked that in the driveway. I bet it leaked. And then they- A leaky motorhome. <laughs> the worst kind. Yes. And then they bought a van. Hmm. And so now we're up to like three cars. Then they started, you know, hey, can we have some space in the garage? We kind of need to, like, put some of our stuff in there. Yeah, no, it's not. That's the sign. You know, that, that's a sign of, of the, 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 the um, amoeba is growing. <laughs> the the infection and bacteria is starting to spread. <laughs> but to this point, as I'd be like, oh, it sounds reasonable. Yeah. You know, everything sounds reasonable at first until all of a sudden you're out of your home and your parents live there. 
Well, that's kind of how it turned out to be. You know, putting the stuff in the garage, all of a sudden, they just put so much stuff in there, they can't even access the garage because Ugh. it's filled with parents' junk. Then, um... It's just, they, the, it's just the garage. Yeah. But what? then, they have so many cars that if anyone in the family that actually owns the house mm-hmm. parked on the driveway, then the grandparents would park on the grass. Because they said that they needed to be off the street parking lot. Right. But they won't fix the sprinklers they drive over. No. Of course hmm. not. Now, this is the one that I think is the best. Don't so, tell me they went and looked at their daughter-in-law's scars <laughs> from her uh, from her baby being born. No. What's it called? C-section. C-section. Yeah. So okay. then they are like, hey, you know, we, we kind of want to be relaxed. And you guys have the hot tub out in the back. Uh, would you mind if we mind if we use that? Sounds and reasonable. So, sounds reasonable, yeah. All of a sudden, look out in the back. Um, huh? Is that your parents bathing in our hot tub? Oh boy. <laughs> sounds <laughs> reasonable. Looked at me. They're bathing, and then yeah. it, would it be all right if some of our friends from the Good Sam Club, the uh, Motorhome Recreational Vehicle Club, if they all came over to have a little barbecue in the back? Sounds there? reasonable. <laughs> would it be okay if they parked their RVs all over the yard? Now that we're parking cars on the yard, wouldn't matter much, would it? Yeah. Sounds reasonable. And so, so all of a sudden, it just escalates into oh. moving boxes on their back deck, picking up their trash off their lawn, and they're just like kind of going, "Hey, you know, we need to be nice. We live." Yeah. In a nice place, you know, to the thing where they need so much, they use up all this electricity in their, like, in the place where they're living, you know, and then <laughs> their kids come back, family reunions, super hectic, and it ends, uh, he said that it was a six-month nightmare that was ended by Beethoven's Ninth every morning at 5 a.m. Uh, uh, are you kidding? So. Dad's up. Hey, everybody, dad's up. <laughs> yep. Dad's up. Beethoven's playing. Hmm. <laughs> So talk okay. about boundaries. Well, let's just say they're very simple. Once they're out, don't let them back in. They were dumb enough to get out. Now, I don't want to sound rude because there are times we need to bring our parents in. But if you bring your parents in, you have to sit down. And by the way, this this is a, this is universal. If if your kids leave at home and they come home, they're not coming home neutral or equal. They they're different. They've left. They've learned stuff. They've gone. So when they come back, we have to we have to create new boundaries. The reason I like boundaries, by the way, another way I I don't like the word boundary because I don't do psychotherapy. Therapists love boundaries. They use that word. I use the word rules, and I like rules because most of us don't need rules until we need them, right? So when you're first in love, oh my heavens, I love you. You're so cute. You will never do anything to offend me or hurt me. <laughs> um, that's when you don't need rules because you're kind of all caught up in the moment. Eventually, though, you're going to need rules like don't ever call me a tightwad again in front of your parents. New rule. Okay. So once that rule is made, though, once we live the rule. So if I like I once called my wife a tightwad. Okay. My bad. It's totally true, though. Um, (laughs) But it's not. But I called her the word and I'm not supposed to use the word. So but it made her so mad When, when we made the rule and I never called her tightwad anymore. It's me living the rule. So what it is is we built something together that we co-constructed rules. And I don't use that word anymore. I'll say thrifty. She's careful. She's very careful with our money, which is so great. And it's, it's more positive. Um, and she was actually okay with that. Just don't use the word tightwad. I actually said, why don't we get a crowbar and open your wallet up is what I said, you tightwad. It was a bad. It was a bad day. 
It was a bad oh. day. I'm not saying I'm a pro. Actually, I am bad. a pro. I'm a doctor. But what I am you saying, I, but here's the deal. Once we make a rule, after that, she told me it's not good. That's not going to work. I live the rule. When I live the rule, we can now grow trust together on the rule. Before, we just assume they're going to be good. We assume when mom and dad come move back in, they're not going to encroach on everything and bathe. Oh, jeez. Good morning! Oh, gross. Dad's up. Dad's up. (laughs) 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 So we need a rule. Hey, Dad, you know, we're all sleeping at five. And when you get up and play Beethoven, it's it's not working for us. Why didn't you say so? There you go. So there's the rule, Dad. Hey, and Dad, next time you do, we're taking we're we're gonna let some air out of your tires. No, we're not, because then your car will stay. <laughs> next time you do that, we're gonna need you to we're gonna need you to go. We're gonna need, so what we always do is we create a rule. And the rule is just a management of expectation. Mm-hmm. You're not coming in to any of my visits. Now, or you inter, you intervene. If I'm the husband and, or if my wife came to me and said, your mom wants to come to my doctor's appointments to check my cesarean scar, <laughs> I would say, weird. <laughs> and then my wife should tell me, will you go tell your mom we're not doing that? And I should say, yes. Whatever you need, babe. <laughs> and then we go do that. Or my wife and I need to talk it out and figure out you know, why I think it's important. <laughs> Like maybe I, that should be using. Maybe it was situation. the husband sending his mom in to see if she actually had postpartum depression. Hmm. Who knows? Kids, here's the deal. I'm not trying to 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 scare you from being nice to your mother and father, or from letting them back in your house. You can. Here's the key. You just have to have some rules and some expectations, and we have to be willing to push back on them. And if they won't be pushed back on, guess what? Too bad. We're pushing on them. People need to get feedback, and you've got to choose. Uh, you've got to cleave unto one another and unto no one else. Cleave to your spouse. The minute Beethoven's playing, it's over. That's all i got to say. This is the Matt Townsend Show, folks. We're trying to give you tools to help you. Parents, get out of your kids' lives at some point. Let them grow up, especially when they're married. It's time to let them go. And uh, we're going to leave the show with that. Hey, join us again tomorrow right here on the Matt Townsend Show. More great topics and ideas to give you a leg up in this crazy thing called life. You're listening to the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.